was white as snow because <laughs> she had it bleached the Mary or the lamb I'm confused both uh, two for one two for one sale that day it was a memorable day my friend uh, my advice is get the sheep bleached first and then your ass because you don't want to hang out afterwards you just want to go home and put your feet up after good bleaching anyway that's been my experience <laughs> welcome back to the Cold War show and now you people know. I don't know what that was. Anyway, <laughs> you know, you know everything now. There is nothing you don't know about me. On our last episode, right? Yes. This is episode one hundred sixty. On our last episode, we uh, talked a lot about Michael Ironside, <laughs> Lewis Gossett Jr. Right. Some of my favorite '80s character actors. Yeah. One of them, whom is still with us. Um. We talked about how uh, they had elections, uh, they created the new Federal Republic of Yugoslavia, uh, put into prison anyone who wasn't getting with the program, Uh, Tito shot down a couple of US uh, aircraft that went into his airspace, but that happens actually later in the timeline, but we're jumping all over the place a little bit with the timeline here, trying to find a story. Right. Um, But he was, I, I think we ended last time by saying Tito quickly started to industrialize the country because, like Stalin, threats were everywhere. Yes. Um, there were threats from the West. Maybe the Americans or the British would invade. Uh, they, like, like The British were uh, invading Greece to fight the communists mm-hmm. there. So, it's, you know, this is not an unrealistic fear that he has. Oh, yes. They also seem to be... Uh, keen on uh, uh, building up the Germans again, half of Germany. Maybe they're going to rearm the Germans, oh to rearm the fascists right. to fight the communists. Uh, maybe the Soviets might invade because, uh, you know, he doesn't have the greatest relationship with Stalin at this stage already. So he is forcing Yugoslavia into uh, a, a rapid upgrade cycle. And uh, the workforce that he had was made up of hundreds of thousands of very, very willing uh, subjects. Yeah, Yeah, he had uh, German POWs there from the war. He had uh, native political prisoners and people who were in Yugoslavia who were uh, forced onto collective farms, that kind of stuff. And obviously they would have to pay or they'd have to get whatever money the the state gave them for the – for the uh, for the food, so it's not again. It's not paradise, but they're trying to do twenty seven thousand things at once. He's trying to get the state up and running, the economy up and running. And as far as the industrial part of it goes, besides America's money and population, like the British, what made a difference for them in the war was their industrial output. They could switch over and make tanks. They could make planes and whatever. And Tito needs to be able to be self sufficient in that. So he recognizes that, and he's going to put these people to work. No, they didn't ask for it. They're probably not loving it, but they need to make the sacrifice for the good of the state. Well, and if you're a German POW, you have no choice. Yeah. Then, uh, right. yeah, fuck you, yeah. basically. But- I'm just sorry, just real quick. Do you remember when we were doing the Potsdam 
uh, show and Truman was being driven through the streets of Berlin and there was it was like a, a record cold year and there was disease and there was hunger and there were bodies and it was horrible. As we're going to find out, some of these Germans don't even want to go back to Germany. Not that they have a choice at this particular moment, but things are truly horrible in Germany. Tito's trying to make it a lot different for Yugoslavia and he's, at least he's got that going for him because people can see that he's legitimately trying on all levels. And the Germans have been crowing for the last five or six years about how they were going to bring in a thousand-year Reich, right. and instead they got their asses yeah. kicked. And they're like, years. they're like, well, I guess yeah. I mean, not all of the soldiers had probably been talking about it for eleven years, but some of them would have been. Right. And um, you know, they're talking about how inferior. Oh yeah. The uh, the the Slavs were. Now they got their asses kicked by the Slavs, <laughs> and they're like, fuck. Don't look yeah, at you don't want to go home. How do you show your yeah, face? You yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, Gilas, Milovan Gilas, who was obviously part of Tito's inner circle at this stage, he wrote an article in 1948 in which he claimed that within 10 years, Yugoslavia would catch up with Britain mm. in economic production. Pretty bold goal. Yeah. I mean, we can laugh at that, but that was... The objective, right? Yes. You got to set a big, oh. you got to set a big, big, big audacious hairy goal, a BHAG, right? <laughs> that was their BHAG. Always had the lofty, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, they that was, you know, that and you know, again, I think there's a tendency in the West to laugh at that, or, or you know, I I was I watched a guy on a YouTube video, an old friend of mine, on the weekend, and he was making snide remarks about the five-year plans of Stalin and Mao and people like that right. and the destruction that they caused. But, I, you know, I keep having to drive home. You have to put yourself in the situation that these guys were in when they took over these countries at that time with what had happened in the world, all of these wars, mm-hmm. World War One, World War Two, and the wars that came before that, obviously, all the 19th century wars, um, and and the threats that were around them and how backwards their countries were when they came to power yes. as a result of the corrupt dictatorial monarchies that had been running them previously for centuries they were they weren't industrialized they were behind the eight ball population growing threats coming at them from all sides large significant economic powers that uh, in the west that they believed you know had their sights set on them rightly or wrongly they believed that right. probably correctly as it turns out um so w- they had no option yeah. really i mean they did they could go well fuck it we'll just let, we'll just take it slowly that was probably a death sentence yes. if you if, if from their perspective yes. so it's industrialized rapidly did they make mistakes along the way? Yes. Were they operating in the 1940s and 1950s with, you know, 19th century uh, understandings of of, of uh, uh, farming, agriculture, biology, economics? Yes. Yeah. Did they have computers to help them plan all this stuff out? No. They were doing it. They they had chalk on a fucking blackboard. <laughs> they were trying to figure out how to centralize. Yes an economy for a large country with tens or hundreds of millions of people in Russia's case. Did they fuck a lot of stuff up? Yes. Were there uh, terrible consequences as a result of that? Yes. Yeah. But you have to understand why they were doing it. It was They had a gun to their head. Yeah. The gun was 
the West potentially invading or fucking nuking them um, and or the Germans invading or or in Tito's case, as I said, maybe even the Russians invading. So surrounded. They had no choice. They had to industrialize quickly. Yeah. It's it's I, I find it. Annoying when people uh, sort of uh, treat that decision as a stupid decision. It wasn't a stupid decision. It was the smart decision. Yeah. Uh, did it go well? No. But then, as I've said many times before, have a look at what was going on in the West with agriculture and economic development. The US had had fucking dust bowls in the yeah. 30s and 40s. Yeah. It didn't know how to run agriculture either. And it had fucking the Great Depression. It didn't know how to run an economy. It didn't know how to run agriculture. So, uh, like, it, it, no one knew how to do this shit in the early 20th century. Everyone was making it up as though we could sit there today and go, oh, look at these stupid communists. But no one knew what was going on. And they had all of this other stuff going against them, like coming out of a back, yeah, they had a backwards country. What it was, Stalin said they were like 50 years behind the West. Right. So, they had a lot of catching up to do, and they had to do it quickly because they had a gun to their head. And I think you need to think of Tito and Yugoslavia in the same kind of uh, spirit. Yeah, and you probably know this, but I I haven't read too far ahead. I'm assuming Tito doesn't get any Marshall funds. I mean, these people are trying to do everything at once, and a, and a big infusion of cash would have been nice. But again, they're literally having to do it by their own bootstraps they're literally reinventing the wheel, even though they don't know how, and they have to watch the door at the same time in case someone kicks it in and takes everything. So either industrialize and man up, or you're going to become someone's bitch, and he's trying to do it as fast as he can. Yeah. Well, initially, mm-hmm. uh, Tito did turn down the Marshall Plan, even though it was named after him, Marshall mm-hmm. Tito. Um, they <laughs> named it after him to try and... Encourage him into it. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, But uh, as we'll see a few years later, he changed his mind. Right. Tito. He said, you know what? Fuck Stalin. Give (laughs) us some of that American cash. And uh, they did. It wasn't. He ended up did he did get some money from the Americans eventually. It wasn't technically part of the Marshall Plan, Ah. but he did get some American cash. Gotcha. Under various terms and conditions, which we'll get into uh, later. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Gilas, getting back to Gilas. So in 1948, he said they were going to catch up to Britain in 10 years' time. 40 years later, long after he had split with uh, Tito and long after Tito was dead, he said, Gilas said, of course the country had to industrialise, had to renew itself, but our helter-skelter scramble and distorted economic development can be explained only by a doctrinaire Stalinist mythological obsession with heavy industry Mm. and by the yearning of a new revolutionary social power to build a happy, perfect society at once. And they were trying to do everything at once. I mean, incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Trying to do it all at once and build the perfect state whilst building all this heavy industry. Trying to do everything... And yes, and, and, and of course, uh, it did not come without its problems. Yeah. But at this stage, uh, Tito is officially sticking with Stalin. Yeah. 
So as we were talking about before, um, and I'm trying to remember when and which show because we've talked about it a lot, but at first Stalin avoided a cult of himself that will only come later, I think, either near the end of the war or something like that. But there's also not so much a cult of Tito, but people appreciate what he's trying to do. They feel a connection with him because, like we said, he was there during the war. He's fighting with the people. He almost died several times. He loses friends. So Yugoslav children are taught this chant. Hail Stalin, Stalin hail. In every case, your views prevail. No, that's not Stan and Barry level, but it gets the idea across. They're like, whatever Stalin is thinking, it must be right because he cares. Whatever Tito is thinking and wants us to do, it must be right because he cares as well. Now, yes, a personality cult sort of emerged around Tito as the great war hero. Mm -hmm. And I think that's totally understandable when you remember where they came from as a people and what they'd been through. Right. And also, I want to point out, you know, again, in the West, we go, oh, you know, the personality cults of these guys. But they go to Washington, D.C. and have a look at the fucking statue of Lincoln, Giant. the immortal god Giant sitting statue. on his godlike <laughs> exactly. throne. Yes, and it's quite fast. Or uh, Mount Rushmore with your godheads right. staring down upon you and then go, well, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Other countries do it Personality too. cults yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about the Washington so Monument? Yes. That's just a giant penis. Come on, let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody does it. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Now, um, unlike Stalin, though, Tito apparently didn't hold grudges against people. He wasn't paranoid. Yeah. He wasn't looking for enemies around the corner all the time in his inner circle. He wasn't worried about... Maybe he had more confidence uh, in himself than Stalin right. did. Um, he didn't worry so much about the, the people sniping about him in the press, <laughs> even though the press was mostly controlled by the communists. In an interview with an American journalist in 1948, he said, "'Of course I am aware of the campaign in the hostile press.'" I'm not interested. I do not think press campaigns are of great importance. I do not think the press is of great importance. Ooh. Oh, so Ooh. there you go. Or, or to quote, say whatever you. He's yeah. been rem, reminds me of Augustus, right? right? Yeah. Let him talk. Listen. Let him talk. Let him talk. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I think it was Augustus that once said, um, "Sticks and stones may break my bones." But words were never Yeah, heard. except it was Stixus Estonus. Stixus Estonus. Well, I don't speak Latin. It's the Latin. Like you do. Latin so, version, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, instead of yeah. Augustus, I was, gonna, I was going to quote Hamlet, words, words, words. You can talk shit about me all you want, but it's foreign press. It's over there. I'm here. Go, you know, go for it. Whatever. Yeah. I get work to do. Actually, in Italian, uh-huh. it's a bastone e pietre. Which is... Bastoni e pietre possono spesami le ossa. Sticks and stones may break my bones. Nice. Good job. That uh, mm. Duolingo or whatever mm. you're doing must be kicking yeah. in. Yeah. Man, we are we are working the Italian. Seriously, I reckon I spend an hour a day on Italian. Chrissy spends probably four hours a day wow. on Italian. Wow. Uh, she's like uh, so far ahead of me. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, she's good at languages. And she already speaks German, right. so she's, yeah, um, yeah. you know, she, well, I mean, German and Italian don't have a lot in common, a little bit with, you know, gender and uh, the way they treat gender and nouns and stuff, but uh, verbs. But, um, uh, yeah, she's just like, 
zooming. I mean, of course, you know, yeah. she doesn't have anything else to do, but... Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just go ahead and edit that out. I, I got your back, but Yeah, 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 well, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. That's going to end up on the sure. editing, room, editing sure. room floor. Yeah. 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 Um, but Tito did enjoy the good times, yeah. the luxuries that came with being premier. He moved into some royal palaces in Belgrade. Uh, took over some of the other royal properties around the country, mm-hmm. game reserves where he could go hunting and <laughs> shooting the bears. <laughs> took possession of the royal military stud farm, turned it into a racing stable. Right. Tony Kynaston would be jealous. <laughs> um, when, that, when race meetings started again after the war, the newspapers would talk about the horses from Marshal Tito's stable. Ooh. Nice. So you know, it's 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 good to be the king. <laughs> well, considering he used to live in a cave that the Germans tried to bomb in Russian and shoot him, I think he's earned it. I really do. Yeah, I mean, look um, again. If you if if it kind of reminds me a little bit of Napoleon here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Napoleon. Uh, you know, when he was out, he spent most of his time out in, with the army, right? Living in sleeping right. on a tiny little iron camp bed, sleeping in a tent, um, doing it harsh pretty much with, with his troops. One of the reasons Hanging. why his troops loved him so much Hanging is tough. he, he uh, lived like them, like Julius Caesar did, like Alexander did. Right. Um, you know, they're out on the front lines with the troops. but uh, And Tito had done all of that, obviously, you know, oh, yeah. uh, during the war. Uh, uh, and even before the war, been on the run as been a communist, a uh, million different names, been in jail, exactly the whole deal. But when you've got a country that is used to having a king, oh. that is used to, uh, uh, you In know, sort of the, the trappings yes. of pomp and circumstance, yeah. yeah. I can understand the mindset that says, well, look, let's give them a little bit of that. The people like to, the people are poor, the people's lives suck. <laughs> you know, they like to yeah. look up to that yeah. a little bit. The show must uh, go on. But maybe, yeah. maybe they do, maybe they don't. Maybe they go, fuck you and your, your pomp and your circumstance. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. It's, it is bizarre to see communists right. who, in theory, are all about, uh, you know, getting to uh, a state of equality amongst the people as much as possible, the yeah. redistribution of wealth amongst the people, but to be living in palaces and uh, having a royal train that you're uh, travelling around in. So I don't know. I, I'm in two minds about whether or not... Like, if it was yeah. me, I think I'd be like, no, sell the palaces, right. sell the royal train, uh, let's get the cash and give it to the people. I'm, I don't need anything. Yeah. I'm going to just live in a simple one-bedroom. Yeah. Uh, all I need is uh, you know the, the simple things. Right. I don't I don't need the luxury. And as far as a car, if you could just get me the mystery machine from Scooby Doo, uh, I'm good. Uh, I just need that and a simple shack. And I'm. And I'm I like. I'd, yeah. I'd I'd say the the 1966 Batmobile. Oh um, yeah, Adam West's Batmobile. Yeah. Just give me that right. to drive around we'll in. Call it even. Uh, that's yeah. all I need. Yeah. All right. Listen. Yes, is that a little bit extravagant? I did see a video the other day. <laughs> I, I actually bought myself a uh, matchbox car of the 60s Batmobile. Right. Fox and I have been racing matchbox cars, <laughs> and I said, well, I'm getting the Batmobile. Turns out it, it actually sucks to race. Oh, uh, it, it just it flips and explodes every time that's I try and race with it, but that's okay. But um, <laughs> uh, we were watching some videos on YouTube, and I saw one recently. It went up for 
auction recently, yeah. the actual 60s Batmobile. I think it went for like $5 million. Woo. So, Some- you know, if I was, if, if you made me king, I'd go, listen. I just want one thing. Right. Give me that '60s Batmobile. That's all I want. Um, everything else, yeah. I'm happy I'm to good. live simply. Yeah. I just want to be driven around <laughs> by someone dressed as Adam West <laughs> in the Batmobile. That's. I'm a man of relatively simple yeah, taste. Just that one. Yeah. Everywhere Tito went in in the former royal train. Yeah. He was met with cheering crowds, brass bands, uh-huh. children holding flowers. Gilas talked about how shortly after the war, Tito and his uh, friends were watching the Chaplin film, <laughs> The Great Dictator. Right. Gilas said, uh, along came the scene where the train engineer keeps trying to align the doors <laughs> of the car from which the dictator is about to emerge. <laughs> With the carpet spread out in his honour, we all felt ill at ease and grew sober and subdued. The scene was identical with what happened whenever Tito got out of the station, <laughs> except that his engineer was more adroit. Right. Tito noticed the similarity and turned around to us left and right, laughing with mischievous irony as if to say, that's the way it <laughs> goes, right, now he's got no way out. Right. Now, Again, he, he could have been upset. I mean, just imagine Trump, if that happened to Trump. I think Trump would have a conniption fit. Tito was like, out of all the things I have to worry about and all the things I have to do, this is not a big deal. And having the, I think he really did have the ability to laugh at himself. So, again, this guy is, because you were, you were saying something earlier that made me think of something about, he's like, okay, whenever something comes to, to my desk, is it good or bad for the country? That's how I know what the answer is going to be. And something like this, I could see him being amused as opposed to frustrated because he's got bigger fish to fry. Um, now, just uh, changing tacks yeah. for a minute, Ray. Yeah. You know, I said um, in our last episode that Michael Ironside <laughs> recently died. <laughs> um, God. Apparently he's still alive. What? Uh, well, we got to kill him now. Or I have to edit all that out. That's too much work. <laughs> I just want to apologise to Michael Ironside. I know he's a big fan of the show. He's probably <laughs> shocked. Listening right now. He goes, "I'm that, dead." Uh, oh my god. Yeah, know. Michael Ironside. Is, we've got to get him on the show. Wilfred Brimley did die. Yes, today. I saw that. Yes. Um, you know who died last week? It wasn't Michael Ironside. It was John Saxon. Who died? I know that name. Who, give, give me something. John Saxon. Well, John Saxon, uh, another guy like Michael Ironside. God. He was a great, uh, was he American? I think he was American. Uh, he was in uh, Enter the Dragon. Oh, I think I know. And yeah. Enter the Dragon and Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, again, ton of great movies, uh, which is why I got him confused with Michael Ironside. N- another one of these guys, John Saxon's in a movie in the 70s, 80s, 90s. You go, yep, totally fucking watching that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it just, just, uh, you know, listen to this. He was, in, he was in Wonder Woman. So, I mean, there you go. Oh. But look, like, Starsky and Hutch, The Bionic Woman, The Six Million Dollar Man, uh, the Rockford Files, Gunsmoke. He made the rounds. Go right, going yeah. right back. Yeah, but End of the Dragon, nineteen seventy three. The Streets of San Francisco, Kung Fu, the uh, classic yeah. Carradine TV show, yeah. Bonanza, going right back in a million things. Uh, you know, but in, in the Battle Beyond, in nineteen eighty, Battle Beyond the Stars, Cannibal in the Cannibals in the Streets. <laughs> 
The electric horseman. <laughs> Love the electric Running horseman. scared. Yeah. The scorpion with two tails. <laughs> Prisoners of the lost universe. <laughs> uh, he was in Hardcastle and McCormick, Scarecrow and Mrs. King, yeah. Magnum P.I., Fantasy Island. Uh, Dynasty. Right. Yeah. Was that Dallas or Dynasty? I can't remember. It was one of those. The A Team. Yeah. Uh, He's on the Jazz. Uh, Falcon Crest. Oh my God. My Mum's a Werewolf. The Last Samurai. <laughs> uh, Matlock. Uh, I mean, Maximum Force. Oh. I mean, ugh. Oh. I'm getting hard. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, sorry, Michael Ironside. I'm glad, glad you're still alive. Glad. Still, yeah, yeah. yeah. Could, John Saxon, on the other hand, sorry. thank you for your service, yes, John Saxon. Yes. Hopefully, we're, uh, hopefully on the next show, Cam will come back and go, my bad, uh, John Saxon's still alive, <laughs> and now I'm moving on to somebody else. <laughs> I'm sure that won't happen. I can almost not guarantee you that that won't happen. Uh, anyway. Well, yeah. there you go. John Saxon. Yeah. So, there you go. so Tito used to live in the cave. He's getting shot, but now times are better. You know he's working his ass off. His life is almost complete. Yeah, almost complete. Yeah. Um, he, he, he has to bring back some other kingly traditions, though. Right. In in old in old Serbia, it was a tradition for kings to act as godfathers for any ninth son. Good God. Good God. That woman would probably be like, get your penis away from me. We're not going for number nine. I don't want to see the king. But that's incredible. That's incredible. <laughs> that was that was the old, uh, that was the incentive yeah. for having a big family yeah. is the king would be the godfather. Uh, for the ninth son, not daughter. Oh, you had boo. to have, you couldn't have like you, five sons and four daughters. <laughs> you had to have nine sons. You probably also have nine daughters. What? But so you had to have 18 kids <laughs> to get your ninth son. Husband's like, look, just one more. Yeah, just, She's I, like, I've had, I, I've had 18 kids. I feel, I feel We've lucky got this time. 10 girls, right? eight sons. Yeah, yeah come on. Come the come last on. seven have been girls. I know come what on. I'm yeah, doing yeah. now. Yeah, I know yeah. what I'm doing. I, yeah, I, I yeah. can yeah, shoot yeah, in the yeah, corner. Yeah. I got this. Yeah. Squeeze my left <laughs> nut just as I'm shooting my load. And <laughs> it's going to work. Uh, <laughs> Oh, I'm just thinking about all the people in between the last episode and this episode, all the people that are going to be contacting me going, Michael Einstein's not dead, you idiot. Oh, no. What the fuck are you talking about? Well, no, here- I'll be like, yeah, yeah, just, 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 it was a, it was a, it was a joke. Just wait till the next episode. Here, no, You'll get but it. You'll get this it is going to make you feel better. This episode, the last episode was, was supposed to come out last week. So I will be editing these two shows almost back to back. So instead of a week, it'd just be a couple of days. You know what I'm saying? Oh, because yeah, okay. So yeah. you only have to catch hell for a couple of days. Mm. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, Tito brought back this custom, but instead of it just being the ninth son, because he's a good communist right. and there's no discrimination, as you said earlier, yeah. of, of, of gender in the socialist Yugoslavia, he also was the godfather of ninth daughters here, and here. the 10th and 11th children. Nice. So um, expanding. it's all good. Yeah. Tito, you know, is your godfather. He's like, uh, I'm going to make him an offer they can't refuse. <laughs> and uh, so, well, uh, ninth daughter, tenth, eleventh children, never go outside the family, never tell anyone outside the family what you're thinking. 
Uh, and you can all work in uh, my factory. I, I never, I never wanted this thing, Michael. <laughs> I thought by the time you can be a Senator Corleone, President Corleone, another Pizzinovanti puppet. <laughs> There wasn't enough time, Michael. There wasn't enough time. Don't worry about it, Pop. <laughs> Love that movie. Uh, anyway. Oh, my God. I'm drinking too much wine. Anyway, I'm drinking more. Drinking more wine these days. <laughs> if something should befall my son, I will look to the people in this room as being responsible. And then I will not forgive. Uh, but until such time... Uh, maybe uh, both of all of our sons come back from exile and, and get on with business. It's bad for business, this this war. You know, it's not good. No, it's not good. <laughs> front out of... Front, and scene! Front out <laughs> of... Brando lies. Out of material. <coughs> yeah. oh. One thing Tito didn't have... Aww. ...was... Was pussy. Well, wow. You could have, out of all the other ways, you could have said that. He didn't have a woman to share his life with, and so she could share her pussy. I think is what Cam was going for. That's what I'm going for. Yeah. Yeah. His first wife, I don't know if she's dead. I I can't remember, but she's gone. Uh, Pella, what did we call it? We had a nickname for her. I can't remember what it is now. Yeah, uh, the, I can't remember what it was the, either. The second wife, her to Haas, he, she was rejected by him. Uh, the third, the next one, um, uh, Denka, Zdenka, the hot drama queen who used to get in people's face. She's now got tuberculosis and she's either dead or she's going to be dead. And Tito was very upset by her death because, again, to lose a hot piece like that is devastating for a man. So he's working his ass off. He has... His friends, he's watching his Charlie and Chaplin movies, but at the end of the day, when he crawls into bed, he's got no one to share his life with. And I think we've established that he is a very passionate man. He's had a lot of women in his life, but I really do think that he, I think a lot of people would benefit from having someone in their life. And let's be honest, getting your rocks off on a regular basis. Zdenka had survived the war. Like, she was a full-on partisan. Yeah. Um, out there on the front lines, only to catch tuberculosis and Fuck. and die just after the war, which is uh, kind of tragic. Yes. Um, and now, unlike uh, <laughs> Russia, where you know rapey, what you rapey. got your Berea, right? Yeah. just uh, having his guys go pull women off the street right. and uh, or. Pick women out of the Bolshoi ballet, bring them back, rape them, give them some flowers God, on their way out. Right. In Yugoslavia, women were genuinely uh, treated as equals, even by the uh, Politburo, by the elite. Right. Uh, there's a great story about how Tito once tried to flirt with one of the beautiful, glamorous stars of the Belgrade Opera, and she told him to go fuck himself. <laughs> so uh, that's equality, baby. <clears throat> Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. But he does finally hook up with a lady by the name of Jovanka Budosavelevich. Sure. Uh, who was 32 years his junior. That sounds right. That sounds good. He's in his early 50s and she's in her early 20s. And I don't know if it was love or lust. No, he was he was 60. He was 60? Maybe I did my math wrong. I, 
Okay. I think he would have been 60 okay. when they hooked up, yeah. Okay. They, uh, like, he was born in 1892. Uh, 1890, some maths. Uh, so when did they actually get now, together? I, I, I think know, they're married in 52. Oh, that's what it is, yeah. That's right. So what it is is I think he is aware of her in his early 50s, but they're not going to even get married for another couple of years. And so you're right. I think he's closer uh, to 60 than 50. Because, again, you can't just snatch someone up. Even his own deputies, even his own bodyguards won't go for that shit because they have a sense of morals. And so they know of each other, but a marriage is still a couple of years into the future. Yeah. Well, she had been sort of assigned as his uh, assistant yes. uh, or secretary in 1945. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it, before they became a couple, I mean, I don't think anyone really knows exactly when they became right. a couple. Um, according to Gilas... She never appeared outside of Tito's company. We'd see her many times as she was keeping a vigil for hours in a hallway while we're holding a late night meeting inside to make sure she is available if Tito needs anything as he's going to sleep. Because of that, the wrath and the lack of trust she was receiving from other servants was almost inevitable. According to what was on offer, the motives for her closeness to Tito could have been explained in endless ways, none of which would show her character in a good light. Career climbing, cajolery, malicious female extravagance, exploitation of Tito's lonesomeness... As far as she was concerned, Tito was a war and Communist Party deity for whom everyone was supposed to sacrifice everything they had. She was a woman deep in the process of comprehending Tito as a man while also increasingly and devotedly falling in love with him. She was resigned to burn out or fade away, unknown and unrecognised if need be, next to the divine man about whom she dreamt and to whom she could only belong now that he has chosen her. Have you? Uh, did you look up a photo of her? I did. I did. She was described as having a fair complexion and large eyes, and as George Costanza like it, thick, luxurious, luxurious hair. She had all that. She was. She was quite uh, the beauty, uh, giving that definition at the time of beauty. And so, yeah, she was a hottie. She and she was loyal. Yeah, and don't we all want a woman? Who can, thinks of us as a deity? I, I, I'm still. I working. mean, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, I, I, Chrissy's always called me her sex god, right? Almost the same but thing. You're just looking for God outside of right. Outside of that, right? I, so, I have no is your power whatsoever. Is your is your bedroom your temple, kind of? Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, in the bedroom, I tend to worship her pussy. So, so you know, I don't know there, who's the god here. Even there, <laughs> yeah, oh, god. yeah. So now here's yeah. one for yeah. Doctor Who fans, if there are any listening. Um, you you may rec- uh, uh, recall if you're a classic Doctor Who fan, right? Uh, the character, the companion of the Doctor in the sort of late seventies, early eighties. Um, Tegan, played by Australian actress Janet Fielding, mm-hmm. uh, born in Brisbane, Brisbane girl, <laughs> went on to become a companion of the fourth and fifth doctors, Tom Baker and Peter Davidson's doctor. Nice. Doctors. Uh, her full name, the character's full name was Tegan Yovanka. 
Oh. Uh, she got the name as uh, 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 sort of she was named after Yovanka Bros. Nice. Who t- Tito's wife? Yeah. Yeah. Now I don't I don't want to give too much away, but they will not have a happy ending for all the devotion that she has for him. Uh, there were uh, some outside influences. Yeah. Pretty pretty happy. No no throughout the mostly life, happy and. <clears throat> yeah, at yeah, the yeah. End. They had a good life. Well, at the end. But, yes, at the well, end. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. At the end. At the end. They had a good life together, but at the end, I think some of his assistants or whatever poisoned him, his attitude against her. He ends up leaving the house three years before she dies, before he dies, excuse me. But no, you're right. Before they had a dies, good yeah. life together. They stayed married. Until you know he died, yeah, and uh, she uh, she lived until two thousand and thirteen. Died wow. age eighty eight in two thousand and thirteen. Wow. So yes, he hooks up with Yovanka. She was a, a Serb from Croatia. She had been a, a, a partisan during the war. Was mm-hmm. a member of his security guard as well as the head of his household. Gilas also describes her as a striking beauty, a healthy Serbian beauty with mm. black hair, yeah. fair complexion. I'm almost there. She was without coquetry yet feminine. Right. Her femininity was subdued. She was like a nun or a peasant woman who has vowed to give her life to her husband and children, always dressed in the uniform of an army officer because she was always on duty. She looked tall, though in fact she was of medium height. Under her slightly tilted partisan cap was the silkiest and most luxuriant hair I have ever seen. She had large eyes set off by the delicate flush of her cheeks, eyes full of patience, care and devotion. So uh, yeah. there you go. Yeah. yeah. Now, so yeah. there's a rumor or whatever that the uh, minister of the interior and also head of the state police at one point, Alexander Reykjavik, uh maybe planted her in the house knowing that they might end up um, getting together at some point. Because I, I really do think that Tito's assistants were trying to take care of every one of his needs that they possibly could because they needed Tito there. They needed him happy. They needed him healthy. And they needed him to live a very long time. So I wouldn't be surprised if they also considered that part of his life as well. And they arranged something. Mm, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe. Who knows? Who yeah. Knows? Anyway, now he's got some pussy yep. is the point. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and she thinks of him as a god, so, so when, you when. know. Yeah, it's good to be the king, as you said before. And they were married in 1952. Now, Tito's biggest issue in the years immediately after the war was how to unite the oh. country. Obviously, as we've yes. explained in detail, very fucking difficult job <sighs> uniting this yeah. country. And as I've pointed out in the last episode and this episode, not everyone is going to be a fan of Tito or of communism. There are always people... Who want to keep the division, particularly in a country like this? Centuries and centuries of religious and political division. You don't just uh, snap your fingers and and have that all go away. I mean, look at America today and the whole pulling down of the statues and the racism and the blah de blah de blah. You've still got all of these deep issues in a place like the United States after. You know, centuries. Well, when did when did slavery end? Eighteen seventy something. Uh, well, there was a declaration. Was your civil war during the Civil War, eighteen sixty one to eighteen sixty five. 
<clears throat> right. So there was, yeah. So just after that, so, you know, technically, so, you know, 100 and whatever, 50 years we're after that, you've still, still got... We're still working on it. Did you see on yeah. the news the young man, and I think it was in Arkansas, and if it's not, I sincerely apologize. He went to some place in Arkansas, and he held up a sign that said Black Lives Matter, and he turned his phone on. White people went by saying the most horrible things to him because he was holding up that wow. sign. I think it was in Arkansas. But the point is, we still have a long way to go. And you're right. He can't just say, okay, guess what? You're all Yugoslavians now, and you're all communists, and we all are going to treat each other with respect and dignity, and we're all equal. Go. It's just not going to happen. This is a generational thing, but he's trying to get the process started. Yeah, some people probably wanted to return to the monarchy, uh, yeah. like the the... the, the the people who had been Chetniks uh, or supporters of the Chetniks. Some people wanted to, you know, the Catholics to run the place Churches, and just throw yes. all the Orthodox into more yes. camps. Um, some people probably wanted a Western-style democracy. Just because a civil war has been won doesn't mean everyone jumps on board. These racial and social divisions right. can last a long time, but he had a country to build. And he, as I've said over and over, he needed to build it quickly because they were surrounded by external threats, and internally they needed to feed people and get the economy running, right. all that kind of stuff. But if I if I could real quick, but here's the great irony to everything we've just been talking about for the last couple of minutes. Tito has got to work on all of these problems, and all of these problems are connected to the nationalities problems. It's all, it's all intertwined. But he has to work on this problem in every way possible, hit as many levers as he possibly can to, to better the country. But at the same time, he can never admit the nationalities problem. If he starts talking about this, someone might start asking about some of the massacres, the slaughters, the Eustatia, what were the, uh, what were the Muslims doing? So he's got to work on this, but he can't just come out and talk about it. Like there was this one poet that said, if Lincoln had lived... After, had lived and not been assassinated after the Civil War, he really feels that Lincoln would have come together and tried to, he would have tried to bring the entire country together saying, we did this horrible thing, we've killed 600,000 of our own people, we all need to mourn together. You can agree or disagree with that, it doesn't matter, but, the, but he thinks that Lincoln would have tried to do something. So here is Tito trying to heal, bring together his country, so the last thing he can do about it is just say, hey, remember a couple of weeks ago when we were slaughtering each other for religion, for ethnicity for cultures because of whatever town you were from he can't bring that up but he has to work on those very problems all at the same time yeah now uh a lot of the people who weren't happy with uh where yugoslavia was at left uh, tried to get out of the country yeah uh, and some succeeded some didn't hundreds of thousands of people are trying to flee or they're in the hills continuing to fight yes. a civil war. Yes. Um, they're like, well, f you know, no, fuck <laughs> you and your communist uh, yeah. government. We're, we're, this, this ain't over till it's over. <laughs> so he's, he's trying to um, bring the country together, deal with the, the opposition, both political and, and military, that's happening inside of the country. But as you say, can't admit it, particularly internationally. Yes. His whole... As we've said many times, he, he doesn't want to admit even that he came to power as the result of a brutal Ooh. civil war with people killing each other. Um, it's just not a good look. He launched a campaign calling for brotherhood and unity, Aww. which was sort of the campaign slogan. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's almost interesting <laughs> if he threw in freedom and democracy there. Uh, 
It sounds lofty. It sounds beautiful. Yeah. Are we waiting yeah. for a song? I don't know what's going on. No, right. okay. no, I was just grabbing my massager. I need to give myself a neck, neck massage. Seeing as you're not here. Oh, ebony and ivory. But you say brotherhood. Brotherhood and unity live together in perfect harmony. Sabasadam, piano, keyboard, oh Lord, why don't we? Nailed it. Um, one of the things that he did was build a new highway yes. that connected Belgrade and Serbia to Zagreb in Croatia. Nice. Um, and thousands of like young communist Hippie. uh, hippies from the from uh, all over the place yeah. would come to Aww. help build that. That's nice. Um, uh, particularly from the West, people would go yeah. there to help. Western communists during the summer. Would go there to yeah. to help build it, to flirt with the partisan yeah. girls, chant oh. slogans in honor of Stalin and Tito, <laughs> carrying signs saying "Brotherhood and Unity." Right. But by the end of 1945, about 500,000 Yugoslavs had become displaced persons or refugees. Uh, now, some of those would have been forced labourers from the German Reich who, as you said earlier, didn't want to return home after the war. But yeah. it doesn't include the 360,000 ethnic Germans who were driven from Yugoslavia. Ooh. Obviously, after what had just happened, yeah. uh, Yugoslavia Get weren't happy out. about Germans in their country. Right. So they were like, you got to go. Where are we going to go? I don't not care. my problem. Not my you got to go. Get the fuck out. Yeah. 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 And that's not even taken into consideration that number that you were mentioning, not even the, even the Eustasha members, because a lot of that stuff was left uncategorized, uncounted, because they, they weren't showing up in the listed refugees. Because again, this is something Tito can't really make all that public. They're out there as well. Tito's got to deal with him, but there's not a lot of written information. And if it was written down, it was probably destroyed um, sometime after some of these events. Yeah. So a lot of these displaced persons eventually emigrated to Europe, North America, South America, Australia, New Zealand, Mm -hmm. uh, and particularly in the 1950s when restrictions on travel were lifted, hundreds of thousands of Slavs, particularly South Slavs, uh, just tried to get out of Yugoslavia, travel around the world to go to existing Yugoslav diasporas around the world, probably where they had relatives already. And, again, a lot of these people, uh, you know, were anti-communist. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily because the communists had done anything wrong, but because they were on the losing side of the war. Right. Uh, they, were, they were people who were pro-monarchy or maybe they were pro, uh, you know, the, the Ustasha. Mm-hmm. And they ended up in the West. And, of course, they then invested uh, all of their money and time and effort bitching about Yugoslavia to the Western media uh, in order to try and convince uh, the West to take, well, give give them back control of Yugoslavia, right, to to overthrow the communists. Again, one of the things that I think people in the West growing up, we we didn't understand, is uh, that a lot, I mean, it's like Miami, 
now, right? Right. You always hear about these uh, people of Cuban extraction who are living in Miami and are complaining about the communist government, the Castro oh, government. Castros hatred. don't run it. Yes. Castros don't run it anymore. But when they did, it was all bitching about the Castros, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And whenever uh, somebody, you know, I've, I've met people like this um, in the past when I've been in Miami, and I, oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. You go, yeah, my father, fucking, he, he was in Cuba. Hates Cuba. Hates Castro. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Um yeah, what, what what did he do before the war? Oh, yeah, he had a great job. Worked, uh, you know, very wealthy. Worked in, <laughs> worked, worked, you know, Lots in this uh, cigar factory. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, well, just take women. Not surprised he hates the communists then. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, so you you come from the uh, rich bourgeoisie who got everything taken away from them by the communists? Yeah. Well, I'm not surprised yeah, that you and that yeah. he and his children, his grandchildren, hate the communists because you were part of the one percent who were oppressing the people right. before the communists kicked your asses, kicked you out. <laughs> it's always so. It's always the same, whether it's you know whoever, wherever it is. Yes. Now, it's not to say that everything those people say is incorrect. Maybe there were atrocities. Maybe there were bad things that happened. Nothing's perfect. And I'm sure a lot of bad, yeah, I'm sure there are psychopaths everywhere who did bad things, some deliberately, some accidentally, as I said in the last episode, and trying to roll out five year massive upgrade plans. Um, but, you know, you have to you have to understand that a lot of the griping and bitching that goes on in the West has gone on yes. since World War II about the communists are coming from people who lost and they're bitter and they're angry yeah. that they lost and they're trying to get the West to intervene and, and help them get back their power. It's a bit like the um, – who was that fucking guy? Um, the, the fucking guy who was – the main voice behind the U.S. invasion of Iraq in 2003. can't remember his name. Um, um, but he had, been, he had been sort of part of Saddam's government, had a falling out with Saddam, went into exile, oh, yeah. and oh, then God. spent yeah. 20, 20 years trying to build a, a Western alliance to invade Saddam and kick him out and put him in power, which he did. Like, he was he was the Bush administration's secret source of going, oh, yeah, Saddam's got nuclear weapons and yeah. he's pointing them at America and he's going to launch them any day. Now, he hadn't lived there for 20 years. <laughs> but trust and he me, was, yeah. And he was also the guy who was Judith Miller's source at the New York Times so the Bush administration would go, oh, just look at these articles, Judith. She's got a, she's got it a source, right? Same fucking source that they both had. Right. In fact, it was the Bush administration that gave them to Judith Miller. Doesn't matter. And uh, but no one knew that. Yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, well then she's writing in the New York Times. Well, you know, a, a source who knows what's going on in Iraq says that Saddam's got nuclear weapons and he's pointing them at us. He's going to launch them any day now. And it was this fucking guy who just wanted them to help him get rid of Saddam and oh. so they could make him president, which they did uh, briefly. He didn't last very long because he was very unpopular and he was a douchebag, but uh, I right. can't remember his name. God. Anyway. I can't believe we got played. But that's the kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, really? Played. Yeah. No, I can believe it. Well, it's embarrassing. you got played, but also but also your, your military, uh, you know, was desperate for an opportunity to play wanted. with its toys over there, right? Yes. Yeah. 
Yes. And and the and the industrial uh, military sector that that that, yeah. that makes a shit ton of money out of invasions and wars and that kind of stuff was desperate. So that played maybe, but I think I think everyone knew. I think the people inside knew what was going on. The you know the inner circle knew what was going on. It's, listen, listen, we need. It was Barry and Stan came in and said, "Listen, we need to build a case." Back in right. Bush, back in Gulf War One, remember with Bunda Bush one. We uh, right. we had the whole oh the Iraq Saddam soldiers are throwing babies out of humidity cribs out of windows yes. of hospitals thing uh, that worked a treat we just we need right. one of those um, yeah right. I don't yeah. think they're going to fall for the babies being thrown out of windows again uh, so let's mm, you know let's um, in Kuwait let's uh, let's let's we have to come up with a new story to get Americans outraged. Yeah. Got to outrage the Americans. Like, now they're outraged over China and South China oh Sea. God. TikTok is a got casualty. Into it. Yeah. 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 Anyway, anyway, sorry. I got into it. Yeah. Yeah. Long after the war, um, there, there came to light two rather embarrassing features of the Allied policy towards people trying to escape Yugoslavia. Right. The British in particular... Uh, was sending them back to Yugoslavia. Uh, the British in Austria at the time sent back by force or deception mm-hmm. probably somewhere in the range of 30,000 Serbs, Croats and Slovenes oh who weren't guilty of anything rather than being opposed to communism. Mm-hmm. Um, probably many of them were Eustasha or Chetniks. Um, And probably most of them, when they got back, were put in prison or killed. Yes. Uh, The British were like, "Uh, listen, uh, sorry, no room at the inn here for you. It's like basically sending Jews back to Nazi Germany (laughs) when they were escaping. Sorry, sorry, uh, no room here. You you have to go back. Yeah. so that's a little bit embarrassing for the British, and we'll get into more detail on that in the next episode. However, the one person the British didn't hand over to Tito was Ante Pavelic, huh. uh, the leader of the Ustasha, and most of his inner circle of right. uh, Ustasha commanders. They went, oh, well, no, we're going to protect the leadership. The guys who actually orchestrated the, the <laughs> concentration camps—they're all right. Yes. Like say we say what you will about <laughs> people comments. who run concentrate con- concentration camps, but right, you know, they're good guys. Yeah. They're, they're Catholics, you know. Yeah. Uh, we'll send. Have gone. They sent. They sent. They sent the rank and file back. Yes. Uh, the people, the yeah. civilians, yeah. back. Yeah. But the leadership. Hmm, uh, uh, they people. saved them. Um, yes, literally. But uh, literally. we'll have to talk more about that next time. Um, and again, I just want to finish by apologising to Michael Ironside. <laughs> I'm very sorry. Hope he's not managing. And I went on that. Oh, shit. Oh, oh my God. I'm going to have to That's... get a new host, co-host. Ah, oh, shit. Cam's Tell you dead. what, though. You know, if I got an angry voicemail from Michael Ironside. <laughs> that would be so cool. That would be so fucking cool. God damn it, Riley. (laughs) I'm not dead, you son of a bitch. What was that quote? You're 
You're something is cashing checks so that your, your ass can't. Your ego what? is writing checks. Your, bo- your body can't cash, boy. <laughs> oh, I would pay good money if I had any money to get Michael Ironside to leave me a voicemail like that. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. All right, that's the show. All right. I feel dirty and not in a good way. Lamb. Her ass was white as snow. An iron curtain Because she had it bleached. The Mary or the lamb? I'm confused. Both. Uh, two for one. Two for one sale that day. It was a memorable day, my friend. Uh, my advice is get the sheet bleached first and then your ass because you don't want to hang out afterwards. You just want to go home and can be put your feet up after a good bleaching. Anyway, it's going to be the Western Hemisphere. <laughs>